Today is a part two of the time uh, mastery that we want to that we want to talk about. And um, so let's go ahead and define multiply. Multiply in the Hebrew means to become many or to increase. To become many or to increase. And uh, God's first words uh, to mankind were be fruitful and multiply. Um, and so I, I see that as priority. It was very important to the Lord that we would uh, come into the world and uh, reign. And a lot of people think that that just simply means to have a lot of children. But it's a lot more than, than that. It, it's about your life. Yes, yes. The Bible says that he blessed them and then told them be fruitful and multiply. Meaning uh, he's given you the ability and the permission to be as productive and as effective and as blessed as you want to be. So you can be as joyous, as peaceful, as successful as you want to be for the glory of God. And it's just a good thing to know that God has given us the freedom to multiply. We don't have to stay where we are, but we can grow. And so this series is all about how to grow what you've been given. How to grow what you've been given. The Bible teaches that God is the giver of good gifts, it says in the book of James. And um, when I look at my life, I look at all the good in my life. I, I look at my family, my children, uh, my wife, finances, uh, this relationship I have with God is a good thing. Uh, don't have to have it, but because of Jesus, we get an opportunity to have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. That's the best thing. My health, the church, all of these things are gifts from God. I couldn't conspire. I, I couldn't grind enough. I couldn't create enough to make any of this happen. It's all been given to me by the Father. But what I want to do, because I know I've been commanded to and called to, is I want to improve those things. I want to multiply those things. So um, my wife wasn't given to me to, to tear her down. She was actually given to me to build her up. Um, God didn't give me my kids to tear them down, but to raise them up in the admonition of the Lord and to raise them up in the wisdom and in the faith that we have inherited um, through our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so these are all good things. I, I want my faith to grow. I, I believe God has called you to grow your finances. I also think some of that stuff I want to encourage you is stage of life. So the older you get, the more valuable you will become. So don't try to rush out of your young age trying to get rich. You're going to kill yourself. But understand the stage of life. So you you got to lean into the gift of finances. I want the church to grow numerically and spiritually. We have a big big vision here that involves hundreds of thousands of people. And um, someone was texting me uh, week one and asking, what led you to to communicate about finances uh, during week one? And I said, I want to be blessed. I want you to be blessed. I want our church to be a wealthy church where we lack no good thing. And when God taps us on the heart, he says, I want you to give a million here and a half a million there. And I want to, I want to, I want our church to be a wealthy, prosperous, thriving, strong church. But in order to get there, we got to steward well what we have now. Someone say amen. 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 And so today I want to start us out with this key thought. Go ahead and write this down. Just something to to lay the foundation. Number Well, write down. God gives us resource and time. God gives us resource and, this is important, time. That's right. Um, 
I think a lot of time in our prayer life, we ask God for what? Mostly resource, right? Open the door, make the relationship happen, you know, the money, the healing. We ask him for resource, and, and that's great, and it pleases God to, to give us resource. But he also gives us time. He also gives us, us time. And I, I was watching this uh, YouTube channel yesterday, and um, this channel was talking about how one group thinks and how it, the other group thinks about just their time. And the person was saying that a certain group just kind of gets off work, gets out of school, uh, you know, comes in, binge watches Netflix, social media, video games. And he was saying that this group doesn't understand the value of time. Because it's almost like we do these things to escape our daily responsibilities. And they were saying that this group, which is a wealth mentality group, um, does mind exercises and reads books and exercises and knows how to rest and when to rest and when to slow down. This group is a multiplying group. This group will always want what this group has. But this group, I'm like, is this, am I listening to a preacher preach? No, it was literally just some, it was philosophy. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, man, I wish the church would get this. Like the world understands this. Christians got to get this stuff. And and so um, I want you to go ahead and write this question down. It won't come up on the screen, but um, here's the question. How do we use our time to increase what we've been given? How do we use our time? To increase what we've been given. So like kind of like a part two from last week. A sequel from last week. Let's define time mastery. Okay. That's what I want to talk about. Time mastery. Uh, Time mastery is understanding the value of time. And effectively using it to thrive in every season. Understanding the value of time and effectively using it to thrive in every season. Simply put, it doesn't matter what you don't have right now. As long as you have time, anything is possible. With the wisdom of God, I've always asked the Lord, Lord, if you want to take anything away from me, don't take two things, your presence and your wisdom. Because you you can take it all. I'll rebuild it, though. With wisdom and time, I'll figure it out. Right? Uh, Y'all here? I'll figure it out, but give me wisdom in your presence, and we can, we can rebuild. Take them away. I love them. Take them away. If, if Dan away, take it away, but give me your presence. Give me wisdom. And uh, you ever heard the adage, uh, time is money? Someone say time is money. Well, the truth is, is that it is not. And I think the idea is that time is valuable. I would argue that it's more valuable than money. It's more valuable because you can lose money. But if you use your time well, you can get it back. Or if you're prospering and you're thriving financially or in your faith or whatever area of your life, if you utilize time well, you can build on where you are. And so today's title is this. Going to write this down. I want to talk about invest your time. Invest your time. Doing a lot of research right now on investments. Um, 
from a monetary standpoint, but as I was studying, the Holy Spirit said, I want you to talk about investing your time. Right now, Rhoda, I'm building up a lot of knowledge so that when the resource does come, I'm using my time now to build the knowledge so that when God blesses with the resource, I can move on to the next step quickly. It's kind of like a compound effect because a lot of us want it now. But what God is probably calling you to do is to grow in your knowledge of it. Then when he gives you it, you know what to do with it, whatever it or who or they are. Right. But right now is maybe a time to build your knowledge and your wisdom. Um, because God wants to entrust you to invest is this. Go ahead and write this down. To make best use of time for future benefit. It's to make the best use of today's time for future benefit. Making the best use of my time. Understanding that right now I'm 35, but by God's grace, one day by his grace... We don't know, but by his grace, I will be 40. Mm -hmm. What am I doing today to prepare for when I'm 40? What am I doing tomorrow Mm -hmm. to prepare for my 40s? What am I doing next week to prepare for my 40s? Will the 40-year-old me say thank you to the 35-year-old Joshua? That's something you got to begin to think about. We can't just live subconscious and going with the motions and just uh, uh, the stresses of life. Complaining, 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 worrying, worrying, worrying. Defeat it, defeat it, defeat it. We got we to gotta kind of buck up and yes. understand like, wow, we, we woke up another day. Yes. Right? And, and sometimes you got to understand this, that life itself is your greatest opportunity. Not a new job, not an open door, but the mere fact that you woke up. Let's go is the greatest opportunity so ahead of you. So, so I want to I give you this thought. It won't come up on the screen, but go ahead and write this down. Um, if, if, if I don't have the end in mind, I'm going to misuse my time. If I don't have the end in mind, I'm going to misuse my time. It, it's kind of that, that thought of, um, and I've heard a lot of people say it, many of us prepare for the wedding ceremony. We spend a lot of time, money on the ceremony, but we put very little thought and planning into legacy in which the purpose of marriage is actually to, number one, glorify God. Number two, your marriage should be rooted in a church. And number three is to send your kids, if you ever have any, out as arrows into a world to impact it for Christ. Those are the three purposes of marriage. Glorify God. Get rooted in the church to build the kingdom and send your kids out to impact the world for Christ. Right. If I'm not thinking that during the wedding ceremony, this marriage just may be short lived. But I'm keeping the end in mind when I married Kyra, uh, Kyra, Karina Torres. Sorry, babe. Your whole your whole government. Your whole government name. The spirit of my mom just came over me. Jacaira. Jacarina. She's so funny. I love my mother-in-law. Anyway, sorry. Inside joke. I was 26, but I was already thinking about our grandkids. Right? Keeping the end in mind. And how I want them to be able to come back to a home on Christmas. 
Thanksgiving, spring break, that is strong and stable, free. It's keeping the end in mind. It's keeping the end in mind. So now I'm going to reverse engineer and think about tomorrow. Someone, someone asked, say this, what am I doing tomorrow? What am I doing tomorrow? And I think that by the end of this message, we're going to encourage you to know what your tomorrow is going to look like. You're going to lay it out. The average American spends two hours and 20 minutes on social media per day. By the end of the year, that's 34 days. As a month and change that we spend Wow. What, what could we do with a month of intentionality? And I'm right there with you. I'm not as bad as y'all. Y'all, y'all 34 days. I'm around that 15-day mark. So I'm trying, to, I'm trying to dial it down. But this, this is the deal. You can either be investing your time into nonsense into, or, or into your kids, into your future. And you got to ask yourself, do I want a stressed future or, or a blessed future? Right. right? And, right. and so now we, we really got to think about these things. I love this quote by Gary Keller. Uh, he's the founder of Keller Williams Real Estate, uh, one of the biggest outfits in the world. I just love this quote. He says this, when you see someone who has a lot of knowledge, they learned it over time. Someone say over time. time. When you see someone who has a lot of skills, they develop them over time. When you see someone who has done a lot, they accomplished it over time. When you see someone who has a lot of money, they earned it over time. As a matter of fact, 92% of millionaires in America are self-made. So this idea of it was handed to them is really hogwash. Jesus. So instead of like nurturing the spirit of, you know, like hate against wealthy people and people who are thriving and against the rich, we should otherwise utilize that energy to focus on our own finances, our own life, our own time management so that we can prosper in the future. Because God has gifted you with wisdom and resource just like he gifted them. 92% of millionaires are self-made. But the difference is how they utilize their time. I just love that quote, over time. And I don't think they just rolled into it. I think it was intentional. Intentional strategy. Intentional planning. Intentional networking. Intentional working out. Intentional dieting. Intentional prayer. Intentional in the word. Intentional serving. Intentional generosity. Just over time over time one of the greatest revelations i've had from the holy spirit is he's told me uh, it was about a month ago he said joshua we were we were in memphis he told me this um we were about to board the plane he said joshua satan doesn't know what to do with a patient christian he said satan doesn't know what to do with with a christian that knows how to wait on the promises of god but but hold on hold on on, wait wait but waiting watch this is not inactivity Waiting is not that. Waiting is being active in the areas that you've been called to be active. You're doing your part, but you're waiting on the supernatural to come through. And Satan don't know what to do with that. He's going to throw, he's thrown social media at us now for 15, 20 years. Check this out. Instagram. Instagram. 
right? TikTok, 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 Insta, TikTok, TikTok. And so now he has a whole generation warped, thinking that as long as we pray for it, as long as we get a superhero shirt, as long as we give tithe and offering, it's going to happen next month. That is not how our God works. Our God is a crock pot God. He likes to he likes to marinate that thing and season it and and I'm down for it. It ain't no good. And when he does microwave, it's called a miracle. But he doesn't do many of those. And so this generation needs to fall in love with patience. And we need to stop being drawn so much emotionally and mentally, affectionately by other people's success that they just simply post online. But deep down, majority of them are empty. And that's why we're off of it. Because we're just, my wife and I, we're just walking our own journey. We don't want what they have. We don't want what they have. Because God has promised you something. And I'm just praying that, that, that the anointing of patience over your life. Even if you're 60, 70 years old, if God has planned another 20, 30 years for your life, it's a long time to move forward. It's a long time to build wealth. It's a long time to build faith. But it's all in how you use your time. Now, let's get a little bit more practical. Let's talk about biblical time blocking. Because this is how you invest your time practically. Biblical time blocking. Let's look at a few examples. Uh, Jesus being God in the flesh. Okay. I think it's important. Luke 5, 16 says this. Jesus often withdrew to the, to the wilderness for prayer. Someone say often. often. So it was frequent. It was frequent. And, and, then, and then couple that with this. Okay. Uh, Mark 1, 35. NIV says this here. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. So it was often, someone say early, early. and it was intentional. Amen. This tells me that Christ time blocked. Yes, he did. This tells me that Christ was very intentional. He knew what he was doing tomorrow. And he never allowed anything or anyone to get him off his course of action. He was very intentional. He left the house before the sun came out, went to a solitary place and prayed. And he did it often. I would argue that a lot of Christ's power came from these moments. A lot of his miracles. A lot of his effectiveness. I mean, let's think about it. Um, raising Lazarus from the dead. Right? Choosing the 12 disciples was right after him praying. Yes. Right, Walking on water and telling Peter to walk, walk on water was right after he came down from a mountain praying. Right, It was his intentional, frequent time blocking of spending time with God that enabled Christ to be so powerful and so effective within a short time. His ministry only ran three years, but, but he never allowed anything to get between him and the Lord. As a matter of fact, he taught us in the Gospels. He says, I only do what I see my father doing. Right? right? And if you really want to expedite your process, time block prayer every day. So that when you're in prayer, you can see what the father is showing you. I want you to talk to that person on Wednesday. I want you to go there on Thursday. 
I want you to apply for that on Friday. I want you to rest on Saturday. I want you to be here on Sunday. You time block that stuff. And what you're doing is you're cutting out the fat in your life. That's pulling you down and that's weighing you down. Christ is very effective. I think about Daniel. Daniel was exiled from Jerusalem to Babylon. And then over the course of time, Persia would take over Babylon. So now he's serving under the Persian king. Daniel was maybe 15 when they took them from Jerusalem. Um, but in this text that we're going to read, he's about 80 or 81 years old, we believe. Y'all heard of uh, Daniel and the lion's den, show of hands, and the lion's den. Y'all know what happened when he got in the lion's den. The Bible says that, that God shut the, the mouths of the lion. Now, the context of that was that Daniel was under religious persecution. Because there was a law that said you could only pray to or worship the king of Persia. And so that law was instituted. Daniel goes upstairs to his upstairs room, being one of the top three most powerful men in Persia, and he prays anyway. So we see now a 15-year-old exile is now one of the most powerful men in Persia. Right under the king, we see wealth. We see strength. We see a love for God. We see a value system that's based in scripture, and we see a man who is highly influential. But at the root of all of his success, what we see is time management. Watch this. Let's go here to the text. Daniel 6 verse 10 says this. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room. Man, he had two or three stories. He was bawling out of control with his windows open toward Jerusalem. Here it is. He prayed three times a day. Just as he had always, someone say always, always always done, giving thanks to his God. So watch this. Even when the laws change, even when society changes, you stick with your habits. You stick with your rhythms. You stick with your priorities. You stick with it. Because he was thrown in the pit. The mouths, the lion's mouths were shut. The king of Persia slept. The Bible says the king of Persia could not sleep all night because Daniel was his favorite. He got up, went down to the pit, and he called, Daniel, Daniel. He says, oh, blessed king, just chill out. I'm good. (laughs) So I said, thank God. So he pulled him out, and he threw the guys in there who actually wanted him killed. And then Daniel was promoted yet again as he had been all of his life, multiplying all of his life since he was 15 years old. He was promoted to the most powerful man in all of Persia, right under the king, a man of God who had time mastery down for 66 years. Satan can't do anything with a patient, strategized, well thought out, don't care about what's going on around him, Christian. But he'll wear a Christian out. Who does not know what they're doing tomorrow? He will wear you out. So this is what I've come to find out. Jesus miracles, Daniel miracles, Joseph. This This is the practical takeaway of all of this. It is first wise use of time. Then breakthrough in miracles. It is first wise use of time for a long, long time. Then breakthrough in miracles. So is it really a miracle? Or is it God honoring your stewardship? 
that's a different conversation, but all I know is God is always going to do his part by you. But, but he's called you to get out of the muck and start to really recognize the opportunity. Let's talk about time. So what is time blocking? Time blocking is planning every moment to fulfill daily priorities. It's planning every moment to fulfill daily priorities. So just, it's very simple, just simple, just break this down. So I think you ought to start with quarters. I think you ought to start three months at a time. Just, just for example, what, what do you want to see in that area of your life come December? I'll let you fill in the blank. Start with quarters. A lot of these newer planners, they have it laid out for you. You just got to fill it up. All right, break your quarters down to months. What do you want to accomplish this month that's going to feed into that quarter's goal? Break the month down to weeks. Every week, you ought to have a top three. Top three goals, top three vision. Be it health, be it faith, be it finances, be it... You know, I've really been meaning to kick this person out of my life, right? You need to schedule that. Okay. <laughs> it's a conversation you need to have. Right. Right. This week, that's top three. That's right. So 5 p.m. on Thursday, we're having a 15-minute talk. I love you, but this ain't working, right? But because, because you are the average of uh, the five people that you spend the most time that's with. Right. Oh, that's right. So I, I even think some of that needs to be in your calendar, yeah. creating some distance. As a matter of fact, your, your income will be the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Jesus. Right? And then you break it down from weeks to days. Have a top three for every day. Workout, ball game, recital, phone call, whatever. And then every hour. Every hour. Okay. Y'all okay? Yeah. Let me give you real quick four benefits of time blocking. So this is how, this, these are four benefits of investing your time wisely. Number one, you're going to have calendar clarity. It's going to get very practical now. Calendar clarity. You're able to see what's ahead. You're not just going through the motions, but you're mentally prepared for the day, for the week. This week is full speed for me. Jesus, it is full speed, but I'm not agitated because I know. So I got to rest on the front end. Yeah. Right? It's not, I'm not just waking up and it's slapping me in my face. Dang, that, got that meeting, got to be there. Got to, oh, they got that PTA meeting, this, that, that. No, no, no. It's on your paper. You, you know it's there. And you, you need to look at it tonight so that you're ready to get up and you're ready to be on your A game and you're ready to engage it. Calendar clarity. Someone say clarity. 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 Number two, optimal focus. This just simply means that your attention isn't pulled in multiple directions. You know what you're supposed to be doing for that hour. The next three hours. You're right here. You're zoned in. But when you kind of vaguely know and you're doing it, it's everything, everything. And if I can, if I can expose Satan right now, that's where he is. He's not in your flat tire. He didn't break down your HVAC system. He didn't break down your Wi-Fi. That's your bill you didn't pay, right? He, he didn't do any of that. He, he is operating, and because y'all know, y'all be deep. And the, the devil gave me a flat tire. No, you, was, you drove on the wrong, you know, you was tripping. So you got a nail. Y'all be blaming the devil for too much. Anyway, 
But but he, he's in he's in that distraction zone right now. Right. And and so always you know number three productivity. That's the third benefit of time blocking. Listen, I want to apologize if you came to church and you you wanted a. You want to kick the devil in the face, you know what I mean? But I actually think this is kicking him in the face. This is what kicks him in the face. You know, not getting y'all riled up and you're like. Yeah, come on now, join her right there. This is kicking him in the face. Right? Not all this, you're going to make it and God can do anything. And No, he can't. Not with bad time management, he can't. It's a quiet church, boy. My rat looking nice. Okay, he's back there. But pro- productivity. Watch this. Here it is. When, when you're, here it is. Your efforts are concentrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Within the time block. I use this example in the 9 a.m. Y'all know that that load of laundry that you say I'm gonna do it on Saturday, and there are the one or two results. You're not gonna do it. Or you're going to do it all day, spread it. What you got to do, hear my heart. I know this don't sound too spiritual, but it is because it's going to bring peace into your life. What you got to do is you got to write it down and say, I'm going to do laundry from 9 a.m. to 11. And you put all of your energy into it so that it is done. Y'all ain't here. This is too simple. I know it's facts. I'm just trying. I've been sent to help. And I also want to encourage you to honor your limits. So don't go beyond your blocks. Don't go beyond. There's a reason it's blocked up. Because we're, we're for efficiency over activity. And then all of those are going to lead to the fourth benefit. Desired results. I promise you. Desired results. Desired results maybe you have a quarter goal in terms of health and if you're blocking it out for the next three months you know you'll be able to you know just you'll be able to come to the holiday season you know i'm just using this as an example but stand in the mirror and say wow i i dropped those 10 pounds i dropped those 15 pounds but it, it has to fit somewhere today tomorrow and next week. I really want this for your life. I want you to get more intentional because it's not that you can't. You can. You've been anointed. You have the spirit of God. You got a community surrounding you. You have the word of God. You can. You you just got to get a little intentional. And also when you time block, you're you're able to track your progress. Track the progress. Hmm. I love King David. The Bible says that he was a man after God's own heart. And God said that about him when he was a teenager. Many theologians believe he was anywhere between 8 years old and 15. Um, I just think David was always, it wasn't as deep as we think, like he just worshiped God with every breath in him. No, I just think, I think David was trying to align his life with the wisdom of heaven. That's so good. Lord, what what do you want me to do today? Lord, Holy Spirit, breathe on my calendar. Where do you want me at? As a young man. And so he said this in Psalm 139. 
This was a whole, this was a whole revelation when I read this years ago. Watch this, guys. Watch this. This is so good. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. It's talking about what God, how God had created him. Talking about the glory of God. His life. He says this. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb. Here it is, y'all. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. There is a plan of God in heaven for your life. Every day was written. Every moment of your life was written. Watch this here. And it says this here. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me? Oh God, they cannot be numbered. So as a young man, David was just, Lord, thank you, Lord. Thank you for life. Thank you for strength. And now, God, part of, part of what I want to do is I want to honor, I want to honor you by, by giving my time to you. So where will you have me to be? What will you have me to do? Not what my, my family and my friends are calling for. Not what the demand is at the time. But Holy Spirit, lead me. Because I know that there is a book in heaven with my name on it. And every moment of it was written. And I want to align my life on earth with that book written about me in heaven. And then as an old man, this is what he wrote. As he aligned his life. Yeah, David made some mistakes, but God is gracious and he's still good. But this is what he wrote right before he died. Psalm 16 verse 5 says this. Here it is. This was the conclusion of David's life. Watch this. Lord, you alone are my inheritance. My cup of blessing. You guard all that is mine. So what God has for you is yours. It's not anyone else's. The land you have given me is a pleasant land. What a wonderful inheritance. He wrote those words right before he passed away. He had come to find out that as I align my life with the Holy Spirit and as I get some discipline and some intentionality, that everything I've ever wanted, God gave. God gave. And Time Master is the ongoing process of stepping into the promises of God for your life.